My name is Zakir Muhammad, and you are listening to the Living Legacy Podcast. This weekly podcast features women of purpose sharing stories of resilience. They are wives, artists, entrepreneurs, they run businesses, and here they will share their stories of how they overcame obstacles and how they're juggling it all. If you're ready to learn about professionalism, entrepreneurship, business, travel, life, and love, you're in the right place. You will hear real and raw stories of survival. Now it's your turn to be inspired to step outside of your own comfort zone. I am a cancer survivor, brand cultivating strategist, world traveler, and a professional photographer. I'm your host of the Living Legacy Podcast. Let's get into it. Welcome back to Season 2 of Episode 19, which is... The first season of a great season. I, even though they have been on a hiatus uh, for the summer, I have been working hard to make sure I bring you a great season. So this season is literally going to last um, up until December, and I got, you know, 20 or so episodes lined up for you and a lot of great guests. So, of course, this season I'm definitely going to be sharing my story a bit more because I've gotten the feedback of I'll share my story, whether you want to learn more. And I also will have guests that will align with the pieces of my story that I'm sharing, or even people that I know that are close to me that have been a part of my life story. I'm a woman of my word, so I'm keeping my word with saying that this episode is literally me talking about all of my travels and just how much my travels have shaped me into the woman that I am. And I literally love going in chronological order, so that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about my first few trips. And then I'm going to talk about my first few group trips. And then I'll talk about my first solo trips. Before I jump into that, I'll tell you, you know, what's been going on. So um, aside from just planning out the future podcast episodes, I've also been busy working. You know, I was blessed to be able to have two part-time jobs and just have that financial abundance, which will allow both, you know, my husband and I to be a part of family function, which includes a family reunion, which includes my best friend's wedding. Uh, me being able to be a bridesmaid at that wedding and my husband being able to be a groomsman at one of his other best friend's weddings. So it's been a busy summer. And then, of course, we finally got to, you know, make some more progress on immigration and our marriage. And it's just been great. And I have also achieved some personal goals of mine. I've been able to fulfill a photography contract, which is huge to me. I'm not going to really mention the client. But if you follow me on social media, I have been posting a little bit more there. So if you follow me at I-L-L-U-M-I-N-O-U-S-O-N-E, which is basically Illuminous, which is my middle name, but Illuminous one, so you'll see what I what literally I have been up to. So I want to bombard you in here with what I've been doing. That when you can see that for yourself on social media. It's been like one minute looking at that. I also, you know, wanted to just thank you for all the podcast reviews I've been receiving. You know, they've definitely made my day on the days where it's been tough. It's been tough to kind of make it through. So pardon me if this audio sounds completely different from the one that I just did, because I am literally, believe it or not, imposter syndrome kicked in so strongly that I'm recording it the day before I scheduled it to be released. (laughs) So This audio will be sounding different because I am in a completely different environment, completely different mood, completely different day, completely different time of day, too. But we're going to go ahead and jump into all the places that I've traveled in chronological order. My very first times ever traveling were, according to my mother, um, she 
got the opportunity through the Make-A-Wish Foundation to allow me to be on my first flight. I think I was around age two to go see my grandmother, her mother, in New York City. This was right before my grandmother had the stages of Alzheimer's. So at least uh, she was able to meet me, I was able to meet her um, before, you know, Alzheimer's kicked in. Because unfortunately to me, the only memories I do really have of my grandmother are um, after Alzheimer's. I don't remember that trip, but that was just according to what my mom told me. But the ones I do remember, um, after age three, I was on um, some truck trips. My dad was an 18-wheeler on-the-road driver um, for basically all of my life. And for the early part of my life, I was able to travel with him to various states as he had um, state-to-state uh, loads. Unfortunately and fortunately, the, um, the trips that I remember are kind of traumatic-filled. <laughs> Because if, if you ever had that opportunity to be a fly on a wall in, in any dinner setting with my parents, those are the stories they, they share the most. <laughs> the one from my first trip, my first snow, my first time seeing a taxidermy, my first time being in the Mall of America, things of that sort. But all I remember, I, re- I do remember the Mall of America. I remember the big old mall and it was just so much stuff, so much to do. And I was slightly overwhelmed, but I also was also inspired because I remember, you know, fast forward a few years to age seven, eight, nine, I would try to draw out my own blueprint for my own mall of how, you know, it could be better. (laughs) But the part that I remember of being age three traveling, we had been driving around so much and for so long that I was, you know, asleep. But they woke me up. It was nighttime because they're very dark, but they woke me up. We were going into a restaurant. I remember going into a restaurant. I think my dad was holding me. And then, you know, we sat in a booth. And mind you, I just woke up. So I'm looking around. No clue where we are, what's happening. But I look around. I look to my right. And I see heads of animals on the wall. That's the first thing that I saw. Before I even knew what taxidermans were, the first thing I saw were animals on the wall. Now, mind you, we're about to eat food. I'm sure we're about to eat meat. So I'm freaked out like, are these the animals we're about to eat right now? All I know is is I they, they, didn't, they didn't eat at that restaurant because I made such a hissy fit. <laughs> I was like, please, we got to get out of here. I don't know what that is. And I do not want to come and attack and attack me. Little did I know that taxidermists are basically already dead uh, heads of animals, animals that have already been killed or slaughtered. But nonetheless, because of those truck experiences, I was able to visit, I think my number is at least up to 13 now, because after the truck trips, by the time I started school, every spring break, summer break, winter break, we were going somewhere, going to either see family or just see a new state. But most of the time, we would see a new state, but we would see family in that new state. Um, so I've been to at least, at least by now, I've been to at least 13 states in the U.S. I do want to visit more. I have not, I don't recall going to the West Coast, at least not to enough in enough time to be a tourist. So I do still want to go to the West Coast. But I feel like as of now, I've visited almost all of the East Coast. My first time out of the country was to Costa Rica. It was also... My first time traveling with a group outside of, you know, family members. This group I got to travel with was at the time, it was called Global Explorers. It's basically a group of hard of hearing students or 
sign language enthusiasts to come together and uh, be on an ecotourism trip. So even though we were both kind of mastering our sign language and interacting with the deaf culture, we were also learning about how to recycle. And my favorite parts about those trips were learning just where the Starbucks coffee comes from and also just how to learn how to tell we went to a pineapple farm and we learned just how to tell when a pineapple is actually ripe, which is the darker the color looks on the outside and the softer it is. That's how you can tell that it's more ripe because the more green, the more like bright green it is, like grass green, um, that means it's not it's not so ripe yet. So that means it would be a little tangy if you prefer it to be sweet. It would be a little tangy if you do not choose it to be a dark colored nature green. And then... That same summer, I was, um, well, the Costa Rica was spring. I was a sophomore in high school, and it was spring. And then that summer, as a sophomore in high school, um, despite, uh, this was the time I was transitioning to two different high schools. But luckily, it was the same program. Um, I was accepted to be a people-to-people student ambassador. This was a program that was run by President Dwight Eisenhower, and it's still currently run by his granddaughter. Mary Eisenhower, and basically we're supposed to be ambassadors to the various countries that we travel to. I was selected to go to uh, Europe, so we started with a two-week trek, I would say, and we started out in England, and then we went to France, and then we went to Italy. So the only place we were really there in England was London, um, and then we kind of took a ferry out of the end of you know England to cross over to France. And we got to see, you know, the war where the war were, and at the time there were the um, the bike racing. You know how Lance Armstrong was always bike racing in in Kness, France, and Italy, and all that. So we got to see that, and then we also got to literally go to where the Kness festival was. So that was exciting. Um, and for me, it was just great to be. My favorite part of that trip was being able to spend like one or two nights with a a local. So we were paired up. There were two of us. They got to stay with a local who was willing to kind of be our homestay parent for the night or two. And that was the most, she barely spoke English. So we were required to work on our French. But she, because she was such an authentic um, French person, I appreciated learning about her culture and I appreciated her kindness. Fast forward to my senior year because I didn't go anywhere my junior year. By then, it felt like, oh, maybe every summer I should go somewhere to a new country. So that that travel bug really started itching. Um, but my junior year, I did not go anywhere because I really, really, really wanted to be a part of the yearbook club. And um, gratefully, I was able to do that for two summers. Um, but my summer that I finished high school was the most life-changing opportunity ever. It was still a group trip. But it was with Operation Crossroads Africa. Now, if you listen to episode three, you'll learn a lot more about that organization because I I was able to interview basically the lady who recruited me into the organization, the lady who's now um, considered an auntie. Uh, She's an auntie to many, but she's also an auntie to me because she literally had been a part of my life since recruiting me. But Operation Crossroads Africa was my first chance on the continent of Africa. Costa Rica is literally in between North America and South America, but I consider the fact that I've been to South America, then I say I've been to Europe, and then I also have been to Africa. So that was my first time being in Ghana. And although I have not traced my ancestry yet, I am 100% certain that I have at least more than 50% of my trace 
in Ghana because I literally felt at home as soon as I stepped on the soil, as soon as I got off that airplane. It was just a completely different yet amazing experience to be surrounded by people that look like me because I'm so used to being the only one that looks like me in work environments, school environments. I have learned about Africa. My mom instilled the love of Africa into me as a young child, and I've read plenty of National Geographic books that were uh, photographed in Africa. So it was, you know, an honor to be able to see it for myself. Even though this was the longest trip that I had taken because Costa Rica was one week, Europe ambassador tour was two weeks, Operation Crossroads Africa was almost two months. So because I was fresh out of high school, I was the youngest in my group, but I had to learn so much about myself. But as a result, that opened up a new level of travel for me, immersive travel. I realized, I learned from that trip that I do not want to travel to a place without indulging into the real culture of the country. So sure, there's a tourist side, but there's, there's, a re- there's always the poor side, the more historical side. And so I've learned that I never want to go to a country without exploring that side of a country. So... My first trip um, after that was kind of small, not too far away, but um, still kind of sort of required my passport. The first trip was a girl's trip to Jamaica. We went to Negril, Jamaica. Um, My friend literally found out about a boutique hotel that just opened, and we were, you know, there for a weekend on a whim. And that was fun, just the two of us. And then my next trip, I got to um, learn the experience of being a part of another girl's trip. This time there was about six of us, and we went to Puerto Rico. So, I mean, it was great, but that's where I learned the experiences of it. There's highs and lows and pros and cons of having a girl's trip, especially outside of the U.S. Well, I mean, Puerto Rico is a part of the U.S., but it's still very much hold on. It's still very much hold on to their culture, so I didn't feel like I was in the U.S. So we went to Puerto Rico. That also was a weekend. But then the most life-changing trip happened, however, when I traveled to the Gambia. I was there for the whole month, um, summer of 2014, actually. So I was there for the whole month, and uh, I spent one week in Dakar, Senegal. So I kind of got to see two African countries in one, which was amazing. Um, And I had wanted to visit the Gambia for a while um, because if if you listen to episode three, you'll learn more about uh, Operation Crawfish Africa, and you'll also, if you listen to episode 18, the episode right before this, you'll learn how I met my husband. So the same friend, mutual friend of ours who traveled with Operation Crawfish Africa had bragged so much about the Gambia that by the time I had moved back home, I saved a little bit of money, and I had a little bit of time on my hands. I think I was like, I think, okay, I think I'm ready to go to the Gambia. That was amazing. Um, I had a family friend who lived in Senegal, and I got to see her. Um, and ironically, one of my dad's friends from high school was based in Senegal at that time. So I got to meet him and spend time with him. And he took me to Gori Island, which is also the other um, slave castle. Because a lot of slavery came out of various ports and castles uh, throughout West Africa. And then my first time technically traveling on my own, because even though in 2014 when I went to the Gambia, I was by myself, but I wasn't by myself because I happened to be on the same flight as the Operation Crawford Africa volunteers at that time. My actual first solo trip, I would say, was to South Africa in 2016. To me, that was my definition of a self-care trip. Life had happened, and my goal of wanting to visit 30 countries by the age of 30 was quickly passing me by, and I jumped on this deal to... Um, 
catch a, a flight round trip flight that for less than five hundred dollars. Which, if you have traveled to the continent of Africa, you know that because it's so far away, the flights are so very expensive. But I also was also on my bucket list slash vision board to attend the Essence Music Festival. I have not gone to the New Orleans ones yet. However, it was such a pleasure to attend the inaugural one in Durban, South Africa. At that time, they had a contract for, I think, maybe about five years to have it, have a South African version. And I'm glad I went to that one because it was still felt like the Essence vibe, especially according to the ladies that I had met up with. Because I was, I was by myself, but I wasn't by myself because, thank goodness for Facebook group, because there is an organization, I've mentioned it before in a previous episode as well, called Nomadness Travel Tribe. And basically, it's the family, uh, family people of color, but the family, you know, that you never had, the family that you can travel with. What happened was there were a lot of people who already wanted to also go to Essence Music Festival, so we ended up making a subgroup and then a WhatsApp chat to how to coordinate and meet up with each other. And I ended up meeting up with various ones um, throughout the trip. So I was alone, but I was not alone. So it was different because I was able to create my own schedule, and if that day I only wanted to be at the V&A waterfront in Table Mountain in Cape Town, I can do just that. And nobody getting mad <laughs> because that's the difference between girl trip of, hey, we're supposed to be together, we're supposed to do all this stuff together, and versus you're not really together with anyone. You're on your own, but you're not on your own because they're there, for example, when it's time for dinner. They're there when you, we want to do the same thing at the same time. Yeah, I have learned so much about myself. I have learned so much about traveling. It just... You know, the travel bug just keeps digging deeper and deeper, I would say, because, you know, even though I that, that was about 10 countries, um, and uh, although I have a few more years before I do reach the age of 30, I do want to visit 20 more countries. I have been told by other traveling friends that it may be best to either go to small countries with easy to country hop <laughs> or get on a cruise. And my goal is I want to be as close to my roots as possible. So I want to uh, go to as many Caribbean and African countries as possible. So that's just my personal goal. You know, if you have a goal of 30 country by 30, 40 country by 40, make it happen. And you know, obviously utilize, you know, bucket lists and vision boards to also make it happen. You know, just literally got to plan it out and utilize Google, utilize Pinterest, utilize Facebook groups to make it happen. Thank you for listening to the Living Legacy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, follow, and download so you don't miss the next episode. If you want to learn more, you can visit ZakiraNayar.com. That's Z-A-A-K-I-R-A-H-N-A-Y-Y-A-R.com.